Hi, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Embodied Living Yoga Podcast. I'm Shannon Elliott. I'm very happy to have you here. So today is from the couch Fridays. And I was thinking, I was listening to this podcast where uh, this woman was a guest and she was asked, um, you know, what, what could you do or what would you do if you had an unlimited amount of money, you know, to help or to cure something? What actually would you do with that money? And her answer without even a pause was to cure self-esteem. And I thought that this was just brilliant, right? This uh, idea of curing self-esteem, you know, it's a major, uh, uh, it comes up for so many of us, including myself. Uh, And, you know, she was saying, imagine what you could do in the world, right? If you actually felt good about yourself. And this really got me thinking, um, when you have a state of confidence, you know, just on a small scale, what do you do in the world? What you could do in the world? Just imagine that because I know for myself when I'm not feeling well or I'm not feeling good enough, uh, it's even hard for me to go to the grocery store, you know, and look people in the, in the eye. And this is really what it becomes about is this ability to connect. And when we don't feel good, is we're immediately in a state of comparison. And that state of comparison, whether it's a comparison to others or a comparison to who we think that we should be in any given moment. And for me, that's really how it tends to come up. Um, I don't really very often compare myself to others and feel bad. But what does happen when I'm in these self-esteem, low self-esteem moments is that I'm comparing myself to who I where and who I think I should be. Right. And it's, so it's a comparison to myself, this this other self that I've created in my head. And it makes me uh, and then I feel bad, you know. And so this comparison to something else. And then I don't like to look people in the eye, you know, and it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, you know, whether it's my boyfriend or a stranger while I'm, you know, grocery shopping or, you know, my friends that I'm out to dinner with, it's hard for me to look people in the eye. And when you don't look people in the eye, uh, you can be, people can think that you don't like them, right? They can think all these things that there's something going on. I mean, they have their own reason and, and way of interpreting. And ultimately it's, it's, I don't want to be seen, you know, I don't want you to see me the way that I am because I'm not accepting the way that I am in, in the moment. And I, I've created this story around it that has me in a place of less than, right? And that that's the ego. And so the ego is wonderful. I don't want to get down on the ego. I think people in the yoga world can really get cuckoo on the ego and we need the ego. You know, the ego is how we can actually have high self-esteem and when we have high self-esteem, we can really do the work and create the things that that we're here to do. So, uh, so we need it, you know. So let's celebrate that. But how can we how can we use it for good, you know? And how can we really help it to uplift us? So, um, you know, it, it's so interesting because that disconnect that I have from others when I'm not feeling good about myself is the absolute opposite of what I really want. You know, I want to be connected. I want to feel connected. And I I want someone to see me and accept me for who I am. But the reality is it really has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with me. And that self-acceptance is a big part of self-esteem is to accept what is happening in the moment and to accept, you know, the reality of what it is. Um, 
through that self-acceptance is actually, I think, how we how we can uh, how we become more confident in the world. So it's a bit of a paradox, but that imagining what we could do in the world is so key to me. I mean, I love it. Like I was I was saying on a um, previous podcast um, that launching this podcast gave me no nerves whatsoever. I mean, I didn't even think twice about it. And it's just something that I did. And and as you can see, if you're listening, it's of the launch and learn mindset. I mean, I just did it. And I have no real recording devices and and things are sort of um, not optimal, we could say, you know, we have lots of room to optimize. Um, but it didn't, you know, I, I just really, it was, it was just, just do the thing and I did it and I'm still doing it. Um, but depending on when you catch me, you know, ordering a pizza can be really nerve wracking for me or whatever it is, you know, I don't know why I use that example. Um, but, you know, years ago I was thinking like, I had such debilitating anxiety that I really, I mean, phone calls would, would literally I would freeze, you know, and now it's really not a big deal. But there are moments that if I if I go to pick up a phone, I get a little nervous and and it still does come up, which is directly related to my self-esteem, which is also kind of funny because the person on the other end of the phone could care less. Right. I'm not important in their life. And um, and I shouldn't be. I mean, they don't even know who I am. These are this is and even if they did, it's like, again, that's where we get into the trap with low self-esteem. We're, we're thinking about ourselves a lot, you know, and that that's a big trap is that you're constantly thinking about yourself in that ego kind of way. And it, um, it just makes you feel bad and it distorts the reality of what's actually happening. So the other piece that I was thinking is why, why does the podcast not not make me nervous. Um, and it, it's because I'm not one, I'm not attached to any of it, whether there's zero listeners, one listener, or thousands of listeners, or millions of listeners, I have no attachment to it whatsoever. Um, I was taught early on and uh, Swami Satchidananda, my first and original and heart teacher, would say, you know, your job is to teach the teachings and the rest of it is none of your business. And and so for whatever reason, I was able to do that very quickly, very early on, which um, for me tells me that I'm doing I'm doing what I'm made to do. And it, it really doesn't matter about the number of students. I mean, no one could show up. And if you asked me, uh, what I would do for a career, I would still do this. I mean, I don't even consider it a career. It's it's what a gift, you know. Um, but it, you know, whether I had zero students or hundreds of students, um, I would I would still be doing the same thing. And so, when you teach the teachings, uh, you're not, and the rest is none of your business. If you're really able to do that, to plug into source, let it flow through you, right? Consider yourself a vehicle. Um, and all these things sound wonderful. And again, I know for me, it's one of the gifts that I was given because I could do this very early on. It was never a thinking thing for me. Um, it does not, you know, when you watch students, uh, grow and you watch students transform and you watch all these things that, that come one from teaching, uh, you know, and it's not bullshit. I never think it has any, I, it never has anything to do with me. And that is an honest statement. It never has anything to do with me. I don't even think twice about it. I'm like, that's it. The yoga's working. 
you know, and it's the same when a student doesn't want to come back to my class, that not every student hears the teachings the way that I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, be the vehicle for in the way that I speak and the way that I talk about the teachings that isn't, that isn't, you know, I'm not everyone's teacher. And so people that, um, you know, don't say it's the same thing. I, it doesn't bother me at all, you know, but if the person that I'm getting coffee from gives me a sideways wheeze glance, like I could like be deeply hurt by it, you know? And so uh, that's really the gift is that I think about um, the, the self-esteem and the ability to plug into source and it having nothing to do with you. But the, this is the, the interesting thing about it. it has nothing to do with you, which also gives you the self-confidence to know that you're here doing the right thing, which allows you to teach more people and to move out of your comfort zone and to do things like podcasts or whatever it is that you wouldn't normally do. And you just do it. And so that to me is, is self-esteem. Um, it has way more to do with is way more to do with things beyond you. It is beyond you, and and that's such a gift. I mean, this comes up so much. I mean, I know you know I talk about teacher training a lot because it's my absolute favorite part of my job, if you can call it a job. Uh, I love it so much, and and so there's just so many layers to it. Not only does it keep me, you know, in the full swing of being a, a student, but it also allows me. Um, to really watch what what happens when the yoga works, you know, over a nine, 10 month period. Um, the reality is as well, how many people come into the training that deal with these issues, you know, self esteem always comes up. I mean, we may not call it self esteem, but it's always coming up that we don't feel good enough to teach, we don't feel good enough, you know, to do this, we've made a mistake. I mean, I know I was just thinking, actually, this just came to me when I first started teaching, I actually quit teaching for a while, because I didn't feel like I had I had enough. Um, I, I still would get angry, or I still would, you know, have these human flaws. And I was like, I can't teach, you know, I, it's not right. And now I it's, so interesting that I stopped teaching because I had perfect, I thought all of my teachers were these perfect human beings. And the reality is we're all just doing the best that we can. And I mean, really, I think the job of a yogi is that you really are doing the best that you can, not just using it as an excuse, but you're continuing to do the best you can. Um, that means that you're going to mess up some days and that things are not going to be great. And if you can understand that and also have hopefully teachers in your life that are honest about that, you know, and that there are lots of things that come up for them too. And lots of times that we make mistakes. And if we can be honest with that as teachers, we're going to create deep connection to our students and our students are going to see that, um, we're all on the path together and we're all human beings and really how we're going to learn our lessons is through our mistakes. And so to not get down on ourselves or think that we're these awful human beings, but you know, some of the biggest mistakes that I've made, uh, I would say in life have been since I've been a yoga studio owner and I'm not proud of that, but it, it's really, I want to be honest about it. And it's brought, um, it's brought, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I, I'm like, oh, God, I wish that that didn't happen that way. But what am I going to do with it now? And to understand that I, that doesn't make me an awful 
person, uh, as long as I can accept it, right? Again, through the self-acceptance and then the ability to not recreate it, right? Through the practice of yoga to not keep doing these things is really the gift, which again, creates this higher self-esteem to really see that we're not alone. Uh, and then I was also thinking about uh, part of this, this uh, self-esteem, we could say self-esteem concept is, uh, you know, in Ayurveda, there, there are three different doshas, which are these qualities that we have as, as humans, and we all have all three. Okay, but some are more predominant in, you know, in us. So most of us have one, we'll say that's way more predominant than the others, but the balance can be all different ways. So we have all three in us, but there are what they call kapha people, which are sweet and grounded and nourishing. And then there's pitta people, which are fiery and passionate and um, just really lively. And then you have vada people, which have a lot of air and so there's the flow and the breath and the movement and uh for me i have the least amount of kapha and i have a lot of kapha friends that are sweet and nourishing and grounding and just so so beautiful and i used to hang out with these friends and um and i i would feel bad about myself you know, because I have predominantly, I have a lot of pitta. So I'm fiery and passionate, you know, um, and I need to, I need the qualities of kapha. Like that's one of the things that I practice more of is to have more nourishing foods and grounded meditations and grounded practices, because that really does help to balance me. But it's not the gift that I was given, right? The gift that I was given was the fire and the passion. And the gift that, you know, these uh, particularly like a couple of friends that I was sitting with and talking with, um, and they're so sweet and grounded and, and just so nourishing. You just want to, you know, you want to, it's naturally how they are, right? And this, this moment happened that was such a beautiful moment that it was like, oh my gosh, you know, the gift is that is to not just celebrate who they are, right, but to want to be around them because it helps me with the sweet and the nourishing quality, but to celebrate who they are and not go home and feel bad about myself, but to actually feel great about myself. Because if I can celebrate them fully and not ever bring it back on me, right? Being with these friends, like the, these friends, and, and that's how they're made, right? So their gifts to the world are not my gifts. And and what a gift, like to be with nourishing, sweet, grounded people, because you that helps me, you know, it really helps. But also, it is not about me, right? I don't need that's not who I am, naturally. And so my work is to celebrate the fire and the passion and then to contain it, right? Because when it's not contained, I mean, fire and air, because I have the vada too, the air and the fire. I mean, you put, you throw air that is not controlled into fire and just like imagine what happens. And that's what will happen for me when I'm out of balance. It's just complete chaos disorder and uh, recklessness, right? But if I can, it just took me a long time to actually celebrate how I'm made and to celebrate that I have the pitta and that I have the vada and how to direct the airflow and how to create uh, 
you know, really passionate, fiery things because it is who I am. And I'm not going to be the quietest person in the room once you get me going. I mean, at the yoga studio, uh, I think I get more trouble than everyone else for talking too loud when people are in Shavasana and I'm in the community room because when I get excited, I get passionate. So at that point, and it makes me loud. So at that point, I do need to quiet it and contain it. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that to this, this is part of the self acceptance. If we can accept who we are, we can work with the gifts that we were given. And that fire and that passion is my gift. And through that self acceptance, not only uh, am I able to create more in the world, but I feel more confident, which again allows me to do the bigger work and the bigger things. Um, and then the, the last piece, and I'll go through them. Uh, rather quickly for those of you that aren't familiar, but the last piece of how we we build this self-esteem through the yoga practice to me is the yamas and niyamas, the first two limbs of yoga. So the yamas and niyamas, um, such a beautiful way to actually uh, create this, this inner confidence is, so uh, I'll start with the first one, which is ahimsa, which is nonviolence, right? So how can we be more caring uh, and kind and uh, life-giving in the world. Uh, The second one is satya, which is truthfulness, right? So it's um, the truth is a wonderful thing, right? So we can be truthful. We don't have to be mean, but to be truthful. And it's a form of of self-expression and that truth changes. I mean, this was a big thing for me to learn that, you know, the truth that you had as a child may not be the truth that you need now. And the truth that you have now may not, you know, it could change tomorrow. I mean, there are many times that I think, oh, this is the way it is. And then I talk to someone else and I'm like, oh no, now this makes more sense for what is going on. And so it's fluid, right? Again, we're not going to hold rigidity in these practices. Um, then there's asteya, which is non-stealing. So how can we how, how can we be clear? Because we, we steal from the earth, we steal from others, and we steal from ourselves. And so how can we be more caring on the planet? How can we be more caring to others? And of course, you know, as we're talking about the self-esteem issue, how can we be more caring to ourselves regardless of what it is that is coming up to be caring and kind and gentle? And then brahmacharya, we'll say for here is, um, it's not overindulgence, right? So specifically in relationships and partnerships, whether you are in one or not, but to always hold yourself honest when transparent and with truthfulness, um, you can see these aren't black and white and that they all sort of roll into one another. But how do we actually blend and so that we're, we're, uh, we're being kind and we're being honest and we're being transparent in our relationships and we're being honest and kind and transparent. Even if we are not in a relationship, we would, we are going to be that way with other people that are in relationships. And so to hold yourself to a very high standard and to not be in the overindulgence kind of state. Uh, Aparigraha, which is non-possessiveness. And so uh, that non-greed, right? So how do we actually allow things to move through us? Um, 
So we're not possessing partners. We're not possessing people. We're not possessing uh, material things. We're not possessing money. It's not that we don't use the, like have those things in our lives. You want to have, I mean, you will actually get so much more of these things if we cannot possess. So just even taking money for a moment, uh, instead of the, having the scarcity and the fear quality, right? If we can take what money we have and um, then use it, right? Keep it flowing. So of course you want to keep savings and that kind of thing, but to keep it flowing and elevating so that you're continuing to create more in the world. So to not hold onto it and hoard it, but what what are you going to do to... Um, to create more, right? What's the next step and how do you keep things moving through? So it's it's allowing things to move through as opposed to hoarding, holding, controlling, right? Possessing. So letting that peace go. Um, and then into the niyamas, the first is saucha, which is purity. So Purity, again, not rigidity, but purity in how we take care of our body, how we take care of our minds, how we take care um, of our thoughts. Right? So to really be honoring um, that sattvic quality that we're taking in foods that are, are, are clean and clear, just as an example. And then santosha, which is my, uh, I think if I were to have, well, I think I have a favorite. I think this is my favorite. Santosha, which is contentment. So uh, something that's wonderful that they talk about in the Yoga Sutra, or they don't talk about in the Yoga Sutras, is happiness. Um, I was talking about this. The, the episode won't be out, I don't think, until August, but I was on Michael Cohan's uh, Living Life on Purpose podcast, and, and we were talking about this idea of contentment. Um, that again, that the, the sutras aren't ever saying the word happiness. And, and really, if you think about how it is on this planet, if you're in a habit, if, if you're talking about happiness, it has to also come with sadness. So at some point, right, the only way that we understand happiness is through sadness and vice versa. And so there's, there's the polar, the two sides, right? But then when you talk about this idea of contentment, which to me is really just peace, it is peace and uh, uh, it's not seeking right? If we are just simply content, what more could you ask for? I mean, to me, this is this is beyond anything. Uh, Reverend Jagannath, another one of my teachers says, you know, if you can believe in anything, if you can put your heart into anything, just be willing. Can you be willing to um, believe in your own, just even a little bit, right, of your own peace? And that's such a beautiful thing. And so again, contentment, uh, and then tapas is the next one, which is self-discipline. So the daily practice, the, the yoga sutras talk about, obviously, all of these. These are from the yoga sutras. But uh, self-discipline, so your daily practice, we can just stay as one, the ability to stay with what it is that you're doing. So every day you practice a little bit of yoga. And it doesn't mean four hours. And it doesn't even necessarily mean on the mat. You know, on the mat for me is such a special thing because when I come in the morning, I'm connecting to source. And, and that's what it is for me. It's a connection. It's deeply spiritual. Um, and so the mat is important to me, but sometimes that, that could be five minutes or a half an hour, and sometimes it can be two hours. And so that consistency is key, whether it's mild, right, um, moderate, or full force. And so how do we uh, continue to practice something every day? 
right? That self-discipline, it's a daily practice. And just listen, look at what we were just talking about, all these yamas and niyamas so far. I mean, think about that. Yeah, you can definitely practice some of these on the mat, but uh, the real gift and the real yoga comes in through how we're going to practice these in our daily life. And it is a practice, right? It's not... Uh, we're not in a place of perfection. We're not, we don't have it handled. I mean, this is our practice. This is our life work is to practice these yamas and yamas. So that's in our relationships. That's with strangers. It's how we drive to work. It's, you know, how we are um, with our, our responsibilities and, and how we connect to ourselves and to one another. So all of these things are, again, both on and off the mat. The yoga is an all-day practice. And then uh, svariyaya, which is self-study, right? So this ability to look and to notice. So this is where, you know, meditation for sure comes into play because we can start to practice that witness. But this ability, because so many of us, and I I think sometimes when we have that self-esteem issue, we're always looking at other people. You know, we're looking at other people, looking at other people, looking at other people because we're afraid to look at ourselves. And this deep work only comes from looking at ourselves and and looking and self-accepting and looking at what is happening and to be honest about that. And uh, this is the willingness to really explore that self-study. What a gift. Um, And then the last one. Uh, another one of my favorites, Ishvara Pranidhana, which is surrender, surrender to the higher power, surrender to the divine, surrender to God. Uh, and something that Patanjali, you know, even in the time he wrote this, I think is really wonderful because he talks about Ishvara Pranidhana quite a bit and he talks about God, but he never defines what God is. I mean, he's very clear in the sutras that he leaves it up to you, you know, so he leaves it to you to have this and develop this relationship uh, to whatever the higher power is in your life. And through that um, self-surrender, that creates such a such a deep connection. So uh, again, the yamas and yamas, uh, if anything stood out for you, any one of them, I mean, maybe even think about, we do this in training, we take one for each month and kind of spend some time with it. Uh, to really just sit with it. And what would it be like just taking the first one, Ahimsa Nonviolence, which by the way, they say, uh, this is the only one you even need. You know, if you really practice Ahimsa, all the other ones will be part of that. They're just going to happen because it is part of the Ahimsa practice. But any one of these, you know, if you're, if you're, um, kind of drawn to a parigraha or a steya or satya or whatever, you know, uh, you just spend some time getting to know this because they're super deep and layered. And it may sound uh, at the, the beginning, it may sound like, oh, a steya, non-stealing. Yeah, I don't really steal. Um, great. You know, like we're not stealing. I, I think most of us, I would say, are not stealing, you know, big uh, lots of money or stealing in big ways that would land us in jail, we'll say. Uh, but there are ways that we are stealing in our lives. And we can only do that through the the self-exploration, right? That self-study, the svadhyaya. So you can see how they all feed and work off of one another. And as you start to look deeper, it's not to look deeper to be judgmental, it's to look deeper to help elevate. And uh, the again, the yamas and yamas are a beautiful way 
beautiful way to develop that inner confidence because you're practicing. I mean, what the yoga practice will never ask you to do anything that would hurt someone else or hurt yourself. And so the yoga practice, just by taking those first two limbs and really getting to know the yamas and niyamas are going to help elevate your self-esteem, your self-confidence. And when you feel confident and clear in who you are, right, how you're made, that self-acceptance, imagine what you could do in the world. Imagine what you're going to be able to do, you know, and that's really, that's the whole game of yoga in my, in my understanding, my perspective, the place that I'm at right now is to be who you are and to be who you are with kindness and unapologetically. So I hope that you liked uh, Fridays from the couch. I think that's what I'm calling it. I don't know. I'm working through it. Um, But Fridays from the couch And uh, if you liked what you heard, please, please, please subscribe, leave ratings. Uh, It's so helpful. I can't even express how helpful it is to us. If you'd like to reach out to me directly, Shannon at onyxyogastudio.com. I also have uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can follow me there. Uh, You can check out what is happening as well. It's shannonelliotyoga.com. And if you happen to be in the Warren, New Jersey area, or you're going to be there soon, please come see us at Onyx Yoga Studio. And you can check out our website as well. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for listening. 